0: It's November 4th, and you are listening to the Reading Through the Bible Together podcast. My name is Blake Farley, and today's Old Testament reading comes to us from Ezekiel chapters 10 and 11. As always, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, NLT. Let's jump in. Ezekiel chapter 10, beginning with verse 1. In my vision, I saw what appeared to be a throne of blue lapis lazul above the crystal surface over the heads of the cherubim. Then the Lord spoke to the man in linen clothing and said, Go between the whirling wheels beneath the cherubim, and take a handful of burning coals and scatter them over the city. He did this as I watched. The cherubim were standing at the south end of the temple when the man went in, and the cloud of the glory filled the inner courtyard. Then the glory of the Lord rose up from above the cherubim and went over to the entrance of the temple. The temple was filled with this cloud of glory, and the courtyard glowed brightly with the glory of the Lord. The moving wings of the cherubim sounded like the voice of God Almighty and could be heard even in the outer courtyard. The Lord said to the man in linen clothing, Go between the cherubim and take some burning coals from between the wheels. So the man went in and stood beside one of the wheels. Then one of the cherubim reached out his hand and took some live coals from the fire burning among them. He put the coals into the hands of the man in linen clothing, and the man took them out and went out. All the cherubim had what looked like human hands under their wings." "'I looked, and each of the four cherubim had a wheel beside him, "'and the wheels sparkled like beryl. "'All four wheels looked alike and were made the same. "'Each wheel had a second wheel turning crosswise within it. "'The cherubim could move in any of the four directions they faced "'without turning as they moved. "'They went straight in the direction they faced, never turning aside. "'Both the cherubim and the wheels were covered with eyes. "'The cherubim had eyes all over their bodies, "'including their hands, their backs, and their wings.' I heard someone refer to the wheels as the whirling wheels. Each of the four cherubim had four faces. The first was the face of an ox, the second was a human face, the third was the face of a lion, and the fourth was the face of an eagle. Then the cherubim rose upward. These were the same living beings I had seen beside the Kibar River. When the cherubim moved, the wheels moved with them. When they lifted their wings to fly, the wheels stayed beside them. When the cherubim stopped, the wheels stopped. When they flew upward, the wheels rose up, for the spirit of the living beings was in the wheels. Then the glory of the Lord moved out from the entrance of the temple and hovered above the cherubim. And as I watched, the cherubim flew with their wheels to the east gate of the Lord's temple, and the glory of the God of Israel hovered above them. These were the same living beings I had seen beneath the God of Israel when I was by the Kibar River. I knew they were cherubim, for each had four faces and four wings and what looked like human hands under their wings." And their faces were just like the faces of beings I had seen at Kebar, and they traveled straight ahead just as the others had. Chapter 11, verse 1. Then the Spirit lifted me and brought me to the east gateway of the Lord's temple, where I saw twenty-five prominent men of the city. Among them were Jehazien, son of Eziar, and Pelethial, son of Benaniah, who were leaders among the people. The Spirit said to me, Son of man, these are the men who are planning evil and giving wicked counsel in the city. They say to the people, is it not a good time to build houses? This city is like an iron pot. We are safe inside it like meat in a pot. Therefore, Son of Man, prophesy against them loudly and clearly. Then the Spirit of the Lord came up to me, upon me, and he told me to say, This is what the Lord says to the people of Israel. I know what you are saying, for I know every thought that comes into your minds. You have murdered many in this city and filled its streets with the dead. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, This city is an iron pot, all right, but the pieces of meat are the victims of your injustice. As for you, I will soon drag you from this pot. I will bring on you the sword of war you so greatly fear, says the Sovereign Lord. I will drive you out of Jerusalem and hand you over to foreigners who will carry out my judgments against you. You will be slaughtered all the way to the borders of Israel. I will execute judgment on you, and you will know that I am the Lord. No, this city will not be an iron pot for you. And you will not be like meat safe inside it. I will judge you even to the borders of Israel, and you will know that I am the Lord. For you have refused to obey my decrees and regulations. Instead, you have copied the standards of the nations around you. While I was still prophesying, Pilate Elias, son of Benias, suddenly died. Then I fell face down on the ground and cried out, O oh, sovereign Lord, are you going to kill everyone in Israel? Then this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, the people still left in Jerusalem are talking about you and your relatives and all the people of Israel who are in exile. They are saying, those people are far away from the Lord, so now he has given their land to us. Therefore, tell the exiles, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Although I have scattered you in the countries of the world, I will be a sanctuary to you during your time in exile. I, the sovereign Lord, will gather you back from the nations where you have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel once again. When the people return to their homeland, they will remove every trace of their vile images and detestable idols, and I will give them singleness of heart and put a new spirit within them. I will take away their stony, stubborn heart and give them a tender, responsive heart, so they will obey my decrees and regulations. Then they will truly be my people, and I will be their God. But as for those who long for vile images and detestable idols, I will repay them fully for their sins. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken." Then the cherubim lifted their wings and rose into the air with their wheels beside them, and the glory of the God of Israel hovered above them. Then the glory of the Lord went up from the city and stopped above the mountain to the east. Afterward the Spirit of God carried me back again to Babylonia to the people in exile there, and so ended the vision of my visit to Jerusalem. And I told the exiles everything the Lord had shown me. This concludes our Old Testament reading. Moving into the New Testament today we will be reading Hebrews chapter 6. Again this is the 6th chapter of Hebrews Hebrews 6 beginning in verse 1 so let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God you don't need further instruction about baptisms the laying on of hands the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment and so God willing we will move forward to further understanding For it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age to come, and who then turn away from God. It is impossible to bring such people back to repentance by rejecting the Son of God. They themselves are nailing him to the cross once again and holding him up to public shame. When the ground soaks up the falling rain and bears a good crop for the farmer, it has God's blessing." But if a field bears thorns and thistles, it is useless. The farmer will soon condemn that field and burn it. Dear friends, even though we are talking this way, we really don't believe it applies to you. We are confident that you are meant for better things, things that come with salvation. For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. For example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name saying, I will certainly bless you and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Then Abraham waited patiently, and he received what God had promised. Now, when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question, that oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath, so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable, because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence. As we hold to the hope that lies before us, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us, He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. This concludes our New Testament reading. Moving into our Proverbs reading for today, and the reading is going to come to us from Proverbs chapter 27, verses 1 and 2. Don't brag about tomorrow, since you don't know what the day will bring. Let someone else praise you, not your own mouth, a stranger, not your own lips. And finally, we will be reading Psalm 105, verses 16 through 36, in a posture of prayer. Again, this is the 105th Psalm, beginning in verse 16. He called for a famine on the land of Canaan, cutting off its food supply. Then he sent someone to Egypt ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They bruised his feet with fetters and placed his neck in an iron collar. Until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Pharaoh, Joseph's character. rather. Then Pharaoh sent for him and set him free. The ruler of the nation opened his prison door. Joseph was put in charge of all the king's household. He became, he became ruler over all the king's possessions. He could instruct the king's aides as he pleased and teach the king's advisers. Then Israel arrived in Egypt. Jacob lived as a foreigner in the land of Ham, and the Lord multiplied the people of Israel until they became too mighty for their enemies. Then he turned the Egyptians against the Israelites, and they plotted against the Lord's servants. But the Lord sent his servant Moses along with Aaron, whom he had chosen. They performed miraculous signs among the Egyptians and wonders in the land of Ham. The Lord blanketed Egypt in darkness, for they had defied his commands to let his people go. He turned their water into blood, "'poisoning all the fish. "'Then frogs overran the land "'and even invaded the king's bedrooms. "'When the Lord spoke, "'flies descended on the Egyptians "'and gnats swarmed across Egypt. "'He sent them hell instead of rain, "'and lightning flashed over the land. "'He ruined their grapevines and fig trees "'and shattered all the trees. "'He spoke and hordes of locusts came, "'young locusts beyond number. "'They ate up everything green in the land, "'destroying all the crops in their fields.' Then he killed the oldest son at each Egyptian home, the pride and joy of each family. Father, we thank you uh, for the Psalms and for your entire book of Scripture, which reminds us of the many great things you have done. And all of those great things point to the ultimate climax in your plan to save humanity, and that is Jesus, uh, who'd come and live the life we couldn't live, die the death we deserve to die, and rise again, inviting us to share uh, in his life for those of us who have faith in him. And I pray that today, somebody for the first time in their life would place their faith in him. And I pray today for the Christian who is grieving, they would place their faith in Jesus and the hope that he has for them. And for the Christian who is struggling with sin, they would place their faith that Jesus has already done it for them. And they would show themselves the same amount of grace you show us, because it is in grace that we truly find healing. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining me for today's reading, and I hope to see you back here tomorrow for another day of reading through the Bible together.